Thanks for listening to the Roman Circus Podcast, a weekly dive into death-defying discussions of Catholic culture, tradition, and history. I'm Matt Baker, and with me, as always, is a mustache named Zach Mabry. Zach, how are you, my friend? I'm good, Matt. I'm good. The mustache lives. The mustache lives. Good. Everyone everyone loved the mustache except for those who hated it, so, you know... It's, it's a really, very polarizing. Uh, uh, it's a very polarizing. Uh, I don't know what you call it. Feature. Yeah, Facial it's appreciated. It's appreciated by those who appreciate it. Yeah. If you want yeah, to appreciate yeah. Zach's mustache and let him know, you can find us at Roman Circus Pod. I'm at Hey, it's Matt Baker. Zach is at Zach Mabry. Z A C Mabry. Email us, podcast at romancircusblog.com. We're on Patreon, patreon.com slash romancircuspod. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts if you get a chance. And uh, you can also find our podcast anywhere else you want to find it. So on with the show. Zach, how are you? What's going on this week? Give us give us the latest and, and also the greatest. Of, like, my life? Sure, or anyone's life. Just pick well, pick a life. Pick a life. It, if it happens to be yours, that's good. Um, I think maybe now's as good a time as any to give a quick update on, you know, what's going on with me. Right. Tell everyone your big, um, your big news. Well, so for the last four years, um, I've been working in corporate accounting at American Airlines. Um, I've loved mm-hmm. it. Airline accounting is like... I don't know. It's one of those things I can totally geek out about uh, all the time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> anyway. Um, Would you say most decide... of the projects you take on are up in the air? Okay. I don't know. That was I, – I tried. Continue. Right, right. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> I was going to try to make a joke with JetBridge, but nothing came to me. Um, yeah. Anyway, I've loved uh, being on the team in American, but I've decided to step down for my position as senior accountant. Um, what shock horror okay i know um and i'm gonna be working uh, for myself full-time um i've always wanted to be able to work directly with clients um, who are individuals and businesses help them with their taxes um you know tax planning other financial stuff helping them start businesses payroll all mm-hmm. the all that jazz uh and so uh you know i was thinking about it and i was like you know now's as good a time as any to really uh make that my focus and so i'm going to be doing that um and then obviously i'll still be on the podcast um i'll still be writing for the catholic herald in theory Um, in theory this should help the podcast yeah i mean obviously you know i i tend to you know give 200 percent to my job and so yeah um, yeah. no i wasn't saying that is a bad thing from the equation i was yeah i was saying we we can schedule more things and be proper yes. bros. There's going to be so much more content from Zach and Matt. Um, Matt has been my travel wife for the past several months. Yes, um, it's been so great. He, he's going to miss the free flights more than me because I, I am often too busy to use them. Um, Not me. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I know, I know. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to miss the team in American. Um, mm-hmm. I was joking... Like they just built this beautiful new headquarters, and I was like, "Could I just like I don't know, rent my same desk from you guys, and I'll just come work here?" Because you know I like all my people mm-hmm. um, a lot, and so. But yeah, so that's my that's my news. Um, if it's a disaster, I'm just gonna need uh, our listeners to step up and volunteer to have me live with them for like periods of time, mm-hmm. you know, six to eight months and or years. Six to eight months yeah, with, I told an, the family, with an option for six to eight more months. I uh, I told the family group text. I was like, yeah, I'm staying with each of you for one month if if, uh, if things don't work out. But mm-hmm. um, I, I have a, a good feeling that with um, with our Lord and our Lady's uh, help, I uh, I'll do I'll do well working for myself. And if not, I'll learn humility. No, you're doing a good thing. I approve. I approve this message. Nice. So yeah, best of so luck to you. you. Nothing. Um, so in the news this week, we have three 
uh, three stories we wanted to talk about, okay? Did you want to talk about babies? Did you want to talk about cops? Or did you want to talk about Australia first? Babies, cops, Australia. Um, let's start with cops. Okay, so this week in New York City, Officer, let's see, what is his name? Panta, Pantaleo. Officer, I can't find, uh, Daniel Pantaleo was fired because five years ago he was involved in the arrest and death of Eric Gardner. So this was a very popular, like a very, the, the media latched onto this and really like, you know, made a big deal about this. It seems like it was a... I mean, a rough arrest. It seems like this whole the thing... firing or the original event. Uh, the original event. I mean, I the... latched on to it. I mean, sure. I don't know how you justify? The... I mean, so the guy's out here. He's selling. He's selling loose cigarettes. Literally, he's selling cigarettes without a license. Lucy's is a... what they call them. right. Lucy. It's a tax violation, guys. Like that's that is you know generally not something that requires the use of force. Um, and then. I mean, it's, I don't know. I, I was horrified by that whole event. And I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he, he was thoughtful enough to tell them that he couldn't breathe. And so, um, anyway. Right. I was about um, to be like, oh, we're supposed to be impartial. But no, we don't have to be impartial. Um, I was horrified by that. It was blatant brutality. Um, the Eric Garner thing. That's my take on it. Uh, and at the time, I mean, I just remember being shocked because... You know, the vast majority of the police are, you know, there to keep people safe. At least, I mean, that's my view, but this was just egregious. Mm-hmm. Well, so, yeah, so they had that. They the original they originally said that no charges would be brought. The Department of Justice investigated it, and it, it, I, I, they just didn't, nothing just really happened with it, right? Like, it all kind of got swept under the rug, or, or at least they attempted to. Yeah, so you, that, that one got me, like, really red-pilled. Because it was like, guys, there's a video of this happening. Right. And y'all aren't going to do anything? I mean, that was that was one that I actually think should have gotten more media attention. Because um, it was it was so much more cut and dry, and it was on tape. And so, like, a lot of people that just refused to kind of see some of this stuff... Um, I think would see that and sympathize. I mean, it, you know, and I think for the most part people do. Right. So cut to five years later where we're at and cut to smash cut or star wipe, either one you want to a debate a few weeks ago featuring New York city mayor, Bill de Blasio. And there are demonstrators that, basically protest during this debate about the death of Eric Gardner, that nothing happened, right? So Mayor Bill de Blasio, who is running for the Democratic nomination for president, who is currently receiving like 0% of the polls, when you take polls, he doesn't even show up. He basically gets embarrassed on a national stage. People realize that he's a joke of a mayor and instead of trying to, you know, be a good mayor, what he does, or do things for the right reasons, what he does is he's like, okay, well, because I got embarrassed and because you guys called me out five years later, uh, in order to appease you so I can, you know, hopefully win this nomination, which I won't, I'm going to fire the police officer. So my point with talking about all this is whether or not the police officer should be should have been fired in this case the idea that it happened five years later coincidentally after the mayor got embarrassed on national tv during a debate is like completely ridiculous i can't like i keep thinking about it how it just like it's it wasn't done because of any like they because i mean it, yeah, it was just, am I, am I like being too weird about this or does it seem? No, I mean, like I, you know, I, since this one happened, I've felt very strongly that that was 
blatant brutality, and I, I don't claim to be some kind of expert. Um, right. But I don't, I don't know that it, do you have to be an expert if, if someone's who has not committed a violent crime uh, is yelling, I can't breathe, and, and you continue to choke them. I mean, I don't know that it really requires sure. well, know, a forensic expert to come in and, and analyze the situation and run scenarios. But um, Well, yeah, but you know, now... Nothing but, happened. Sorry, continue. Well, I mean, when nothing happened, it just sort of showed just a, a complete lack of... Um, the, you know, they weren't taking this seriously. And, you know, I think the claim that a lot of people tell themselves is that, oh, this is, you know, these are just people that are doing bad stuff, and if they'd behave, nothing would happen, and yada, yada. And, I mean, again, selling cigarettes, y'all. Like, that isn't misbehave. I mean, whatever. Uh, yeah, but then, yeah, but... for it to be years later when, like, the politician's reputation's on the line, and then the guy, I mean, that just doubles down on the, like, has... not actually caring about your people. He has no rep. He's like the only reason he gets elected is because they won't elect a Republican in New York City, right? Like it's impossible. So it, See, I heard that they'll vote for him for president just to get him out of the mayoral office there. But well, but that's that's the thing. He's he's awful. And but the other the other problem with this is obviously the police came out. The police chief was like against it, right? They, I mean, you can say they're they're looking out for their own, but on the at the same time, like imagine being a police officer and thinking like, I'm my job can be like is held in the palm of the politician, and I can be I can be fired years down the road, even if he does, even if this is someone who deserved to be fired, right? Well, like it just it's just right. Bungled. I mean, at the that's the thing it should have been at the time it should have happened so yeah looking back years later i could see i'm the police chief and i'm like wait a minute so you know our guys are gonna get off with no punishment and everything's gonna be fine but then when when you get heckled we're gonna take the fall for it i mean you know you can see how that isn't very sustainable like even even if you agree the guy should have been fired like i do um the idea of doing it later like this you know it, I mean, that's also not justice. You know, ju- I mean, pr- due yeah, process yeah. No, is it, part of justice. Yeah, so it basically, you're like, yeah, what would, who's, no, this is like a result that no one can be really thrilled with, I would think. Like, you're sure people are getting a conviction for something they wanted five years ago, but at the same time, it's pretty obvious. It's just, it's just so weird. It's like, I don't know, it... Well, and again, yeah. like as much I, as I, you know, I. Sorry, go on. I was just going to say, as much as I try and not, you know, be anti-politician, and I try not to like put on that air, like it just makes me like creep ever more and in, into the side of like these people are just giant jokes. Well, you know what I would also challenge people is, you know, I have encountered an attitude that is very dismissive of of these situations. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just because, you know, that person perhaps in their life hasn't, you know, they've always been able to call the police and things get safer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I'm telling you guys, they're, they're not making this stuff up, the the complaints that are being made about the police brutality and how a lot of it's sure. racially motivated. And, you know, unconscious bias, whatever it is, you know, I mean, you don't have to... You don't have to make it some kind of conspiracy to look and see, okay, this is, you know, this is bad. And I would basically just challenge people to kind of, you know, put yourself in that situation and, you know, realize for some people calling the cops would make, could possibly make things even worse. Um, Mm -hmm. And how scary that would be. Like, you know, most of us are always like, oh, okay, if anything happens, I can call 911. Well, Mm -hmm. what happens when 911, you know, chokes you out for... For, you know breaking selling cigarettes without a license um mm-hmm. you know and again I'm, I'm not trying to stand up on some soapbox or pretend to be super wise on these issues but i, I think it's worth um <clears throat> looking challenging your perspective on on this kind of stuff yeah man all right let's move on to babies we a few months ago we talked about the march for life and talked about how politicians aren't really doing anything and they just like doing talking to pro-lifers as if they're one of them in order to get their votes and we were challenged by a listener to talk about 
things when they happen that are good. So let's talk about Planned Parenthood refusing federal funds over abortion restrictions. Okay? So the Trump administration ruled had a ruling that forbids referrals for abortions. Okay? Mm -hmm. And Planned Parenthood was like, why are you doing this? We don't like that you're doing this. So in order to get back at you, we are going to refuse federal funding. It's known as Title Title Ten. Uh mm-hmm. Title Title X if you're reading it. But they receive about sixty million dollars annually through this program. And they use these funds or so they say to provide more than one point five million low income women each year with services like birth control and pregnancy tests as well as screenings for STDs and cancers. Um, so they, they, this is apparently, this funding is very important to Planned Parenthood, you know, because in some of these rural, some of these rural areas and the, the low-income areas, uh, Planned Parenthood is the only game in town. Makes you, makes you really, really wonder why. But it, uh, yeah, so they they got upset that there's some restrictions being put on them, so they decided not to take federal funding, which, uh, good. Cry about it. Don't take it. But they've been receiving this money since 1970 when President Nixon and his administration enacted the program. And, uh, okay. Yeah. So they, they, think, it, they think it's an unethical rule that will limit what providers can tell their patients. Uh, and because of that, Planned Parenthood does not want to participate in the program. You know, on, on an almost unrelated note, or this isn't really the point that we're getting, but, like, do they really think people don't know what abortion is? I mean, it's like, do they think without a referral? Like, people, I mean, whatever. Um, <clears throat> the It's interesting because they, you know... I think Planned Parenthood is sort of this like comically evil organization, but mm-hmm. um, they tend to they tend to not make big gaffes, and this was by far a big gaffe because they put on this whole front about oh we provide services to women and all this stuff, you know abortion is only three percent of what we do, um, and. You know, now they're saying, "Oh, just because we can't refer abortions, we're not going to provide all this other stuff." So, again, like they're making it blatantly obvious what their priorities are. Right. Well, so the the rule actually says that while clinics accepting these funds may continue to talk to patients about abortion, they may not refer women to an abortion provider or suggest where to obtain a abortion. yeah, which I mean would be really awkward. Be really if you just want to have a chat about abortion, I guess you can. Um, so yeah, it's I don't know. It, it make, I mean it's, it's one of those things some, where like I mean having being a convert and having not been pro life, you know, into my early twenties, I you know had this idea that oh Planned Parenthood is is like they say you know it's a clinic they do all these things but you know because they do abortion conservatives freak out mm-hmm. um you know learning things about them like for instance there's not a single planned parenthood facility in the entire nation that performs mammograms mm-hmm. right um you know i knew someone that was needing they needed to get tested for for stis and i was like oh i don't know call planned parenthood and it was like it was gonna be like 200 bucks and you, i mean they, it was one of those things where like Apparently they're helping people with that stuff, but, um, you know, but then the other thing is that these clinics are filthy and, you know, in Texas, the, you know, there was a law that passed that just said, you know, we need the hallways wide enough that a hospital gurney can get down them because Mm -hmm. you're performing surgery. And Mm -hmm. they got that overturned saying that would have caused too many of their clinics to close and that that would threaten the, you know, right to an abortion. Yeah. This isn't... this is I would recommend people I mean I just go ask to tour one or like tell them you're a supporter and you just want to see what you're supporting 
you know, I have friends that have done family, been required to do the family planning rotation in medical school who have talked about how, um, I mean, literally in places where they have to, where you have to listen to the heartbeat, they hand them uh, noise-canceling headphones. In the ones where they show the, uh, um, what is it called? Um, what's the picture of the baby? Ultrasound. They're like, okay, we're going to put the ultrasound up. Look away. I mean, they, yeah, these yeah. are, it, this is not a legitimate business. And people really do need to look in to see how these things operate. It's not, I mean, again, like it, you don't have to have a conspiracy here. Like these, these are filthy clinics primarily driven by abortion or referring people to abortion. And then they kind of put the other stuff out as sort of window dressing. Um, but again, they don't perform mammograms and, um, I mean, basically, and, and just the, if you look at the amount of referrals for abortion they do over any other option for someone who's pregnant, um, it's, you know, anyway, sorry. Go on, Matt. Well, you can, they just, you know, their president, their former president, they basically kicked to the curb because she had the audacity to talk about like non-abortive procedures, right? Like helping the, helping people with like I forget what it was like actual like infant care or something like they just it was something that had to do with not abortion and they were like uh well well right I mean I'm really interested to follow that story because I mean she's obviously you know holds herself out as being you know very pro-abortion and even after she left Planned Parenthood um but you can kind of see where when she's trying to even just slightly moderate her pro-abortion stance with hey there's more to life than abortion you know Planned Parenthood freaks out and I think you know it is interesting and it's terribly sad that she suffered a miscarriage um, but it, it is interesting how that fits into the narrative and you know you kind of want to ask the executives at Planned Parenthood like so you guys like do you want to give her some space to grieve this or are you just gonna chide her for for saying that maybe there's other stuff than abortion i mean she just lost a baby so Mm -hmm. you know you could you could see how perhaps she would i don't know be thinking about these issues deeper and you know you would think a, a legitimate organization would give her space to do that um but not planned parenthood she got back alley fired (laughs) <laughs> all right on what to was it third. destiny said they they said they didn't fire a woman they terminated a presidency yeah 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 um our third one zach <clears throat> i promise we'll be happier but at basically around the time we started recording the cardinal pell decision the the appeal of cardinal pell in australia the decision came down they tossed out his appeal. Cardinal Pell has to go back to jail. And, uh, yeah, it's awful. It's uh, I think we talked about it once. It's an abuse case where two people accused Cardinal George Pell in Australia of uh, abusing them. And uh, as he went to trial, all the evidence kind of seemed like, actually, maybe this wasn't a case of abuse as far as, like, it happened after a mass and logistically a cardinal a visiting cardinal wouldn't be alone and a cardinal would be wearing so many vestments that it would be hard to get off in a suitable manner all this stuff right i mean people have explained very clearly how this just isn't you know only in like a jack chick comic book could this have happened um you know you're talking about a guy that's probably wearing 15 pounds of of fabric um and flanked with you know two dozen altar servers and subdeacons and you know those busybody church ladies that run around everywhere there just isn't i don't know what people think goes on but like it's just impossible that this that the the charges that he's being convicted of it, it just doesn't seem possible you know i don't know the rest of his life i don't know him you know um i've always told people that you know, most things regarding abuse of this nature and the whole Me Too thing um, are worse than we probably can imagine because that's just kind of the unfortunate reality. But 
these charges are, are these are like, I mean, just ridiculously not possible. Um, <clears throat> but mm. yeah, like you said, his so he's been convicted. He's going to prison. Um, I, I saw that it was for three years. So I mean, you know, I, I'm sure Paul and Silas. I, I thought it was like, six. Oh, oh, six. Well, I mean, again, he can still come out and be popeable. I mean, no, it is unfortunate. I will say, and I, because I don't believe that he's guilty of the charges that he's being brought under, I, I think this is sort of your classic, like, um, sort of symbolic ruling that says, okay, he, he's not guilty by the facts, but he's guilty in spirit because you know a lot of clergy have done these things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you saw this kind of stuff in the French Revolution and that kind of stuff, where it didn't really matter if the facts added up or not. It, you know, it was just important that you know somebody take the fall, um, right? But yeah, so what are your thoughts on this map? I, it's, it's tough because we're put in a position where we have to we have to be like pretty absolutely sure to defend any clergy that has these charges brought up against them, right? It's not a it's not a good look to be defending every clergy member because then we just get a, looked at as like people who are just sticking you know standing by the brand but in this case like it's so it seems so obvious and it seems like he's just getting like they're out for blood and they just need someone to go down right we mm-hmm. have it, the whole out there is just my there's such an anti-clergy sentiment in that part of the world my a, a guy that my dad grew up with uh, became a priest and he was in New Zealand and they basically just kicked him out of New Zealand like he's back in America now like through... really of a a a former a former British colony a, a member of the Commonwealth uh, the Anglican communion they they were nasty to a Catholic yeah I don't believe it Matt I won't yeah. believe it yeah color color you shocked so like there's a whole it's yeah it's just cardinal Pell, of all the people that seem like they can put up with this and that they can make it through cardinal pell seems like a guy who will take this like a champ right but that's not the point we don't want innocent people going away for things so he, he what he'll do is he'll sit in jail and he won't make a fuss and he'll do his time and then he'll come out, and then everyone will look at him as disgraced Cardinal Pell, and he'll just have to live in solitude the rest of his life because of things he probably didn't do. So, you know, it it's not, this isn't good. This also, uh, you know, it's what happens, as, maybe you want to say it, but when the state gets involved. And, right, uh, okay, so this is, this is the, to me, the, the lesson we need to learn. Cardinal Pell... He's going to be fine. He's going to go to prison. Um, he's going to gain all sorts of graces for this. Um, his soul, I mean, again, you know, perhaps becomes a saint. I don't know. Um, whatever. Again, he's going to be fine as wrong as this is and as unjust as this is. And it's correct to be disgusted at this. Like, you're, you, if you have a conscience, you should be bothered by injustice whenever you see it. Um, but, you know, I would, I would just like to hammer him a point. Um, about how we handled clergy abuse stuff, and like you know, I have to, I have to admit first and foremost that I was wrong. Okay, it happened. I last year, a year ago, I believe I said something to the effect of I want to see grand juries and investigations and sort of see this stuff, you know, brought to light with the help of the civil authorities, you know, attorney general, attorneys general district attorneys you know basically the state getting involved due to what i consider to be a a failure of church authorities to handle these matters i'm I'm sure you remember we talked about this Mm ma'am yeah Mm -hmm. so i mean i i I will say i i was wrong um there's there's no reason to assume automatically that 
okay, we look at it and we say, okay, perhaps, and I mean, not just perhaps, I mean, realistically, there have been failures in, in the church hierarchy to address these situations. You know, going back to things like biases, corruption, you know, personal situations, all sorts of things with the people charged with the duty of handling these things. Um, there's no reason whatsoever to assume that civil authorities are somehow exempt or less likely to be acting on these types of forces. I know. That's like, it's it's just the thing that we're all told and we all believe that we're going to have some like grand overlord that's going to be completely unbiased and call things the way they see them. Right. And I'm telling you guys, like the 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 best shot that planet Earth has for that mm-hmm. is the Pope. Okay, so wherever you want to put him on that scale, you need to put every other power beneath him as far as ability to act without bias and, you know, uh, according to justice. So I'm not here to defend how, you know, especially in the United States, I'm not here to defend how the bishops handled the crisis. But I'm telling you that state governments and the federal government of the United States are not a a better option to handle this the as i said on fox news a few months ago the only person who can fix this is the pope currently pope francis donald trump oh sorry yeah yeah pope francis <laughs> it's so oh, sorry i i literally forgot for this whole like 30 minutes we've been recording that donald trump is president of the united states <laughs> How could you forget? Okay, I don't. I mean, it's just so ridiculous. I mean, it's literally. It's just okay. Sorry. Um, back to what we were talking about. Um, <clears throat> again, what you saw last summer, uh, and again, I was one of them. I have to be all you know. Who thought you know we're cheering on you know Rico, which is basically the uh, what is it racketeering influence corrupt organization, basically a sort of. A law in the U.S. that allows um, some pretty heavy-handed dealings with organizations, and the idea that you know, if the church were the institutional church, the U.S. bishops, the USCCB, were sort of considered to be a racket, basically, you know, a complete scam. The the state could jump in and do all kinds of of damage. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there was a point where this was getting talked about that I was I was on board, and I was. I was completely wrong. I was 500% wrong. Wow, that's a lot of percent. That's a, whoa. Do I hear 700? And again, this isn't, this isn't me saying, oh, the church shouldn't be held accountable or this or that. It's me saying that the civil authorities are not somehow better equipped to hold the church accountable for these things. The, the most equipped thing, entity, whatever again like i've said is is the pope it is mm-hmm. it is the you know it is rome that's got to do you know it's like whack-a-mole right like it, you mm-hmm. know that's where rome mm-hmm. comes in with the bishops and polices them um <clears throat> but you'll see i mean in a, you know I hate to name names but you'll see people like you know church militant or um you know my my friend taylor marshall or other people that they will cheer on these investigations and state involvement in RICO, but then they will act all shocked when what the state immediately does is it imprisons, um, you know, Orthodox cardinals like Cardinal Pell, who, you know, dissent from the the state's stance on issues like abortion and whatever. Um, they immediately want to go after the seal of the confessional and require priests to be, you know, to violate the seal of confessional. You know, it's it's odd that there's like a 0% chance that the state's going to actually be our ally in this stuff. But mm-hmm. yet you still have these bright minds. I mean, not church militant, but other people um, that are, you know, I, I consider smart people that think that, Oh, the state's the answer. And it's like, guys, the state, like, I hate, to, I'm never the libertarian. I'm like, I am. We, we make fun of libertarians and sorry for the profanity, but um, <laughs> wait, I'm did you cuss? I said libertarian. What? Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, I just I've actually zoned that word out of my memory, so it, it takes me a little right. I've shadow block a shadow banned it from my mind. But again, the state is not the answer in this issue. And and realistically and people just roasted 
Professor Fajoli Massimo about this when he said that, you know, lay people are at fault too. But in fact, if you go back and read the Pennsylvania report or you look at the situations, there were plenty of lay people, some of them police, some of them district attorneys, et cetera, et cetera, who did look the other way on abuse too. And so mm. there's no reason to think that these people are less likely to act according to corrupt biases and, you know, personal leanings than church authorities. Um, you know, I, if only, perhaps, you know, if that were a thing, I guess maybe I would be for it, but it isn't, guys. Like, these are people, too. I mean, we all saw in Houston, they, you know, raided the secret archives of the diocese and by that I mean they sent in their thugs with these scared diocesan employees just handing over their files being like we already submitted these to you guys every time you've asked and then the the district attorney who is an elected official in Houston right basically holds a press conference on the lawn of the the chancery saying oh I've just raided you know blah 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 and it's like oh he's up for re-election guys but like I, I hate to break it to you, but all the dioceses in Texas, whether you're talking about Dallas, Galveston, Houston, and et cetera, were completely compliant. Every time that they were asked to turn over files, they did. These raids were theater. These, it was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kabuki theater, Zach? I don't even... What is Kabuki? Is that like something <laughs> gross? No, I that's... I wouldn't say sorry, it if that's it was gross. Thing. I can't say what I think maybe I thought you were referring to. Uh, okay. Kabuki theater. Kabuki. Uh, it's yeah, a form of classical theater. It's a form of classical theater in Japan known for its elaborate costumes and dynamic acting. I don't know. I just hear people say Kabuki theater when they talk about things that they're upset about or something. I don't know. But keep going. You're good. You're good. Keep going. You're on a roll. I need more of it. Feed me. Um, so basically what I'm telling you guys is that perhaps it, this comes across as me saying, oh, you know, the church should not be held accountable for this or that or whatever. But that isn't what I'm saying. What I'm saying is your absolute best shot at earthly justice is to leave these matters to the Pope and to allow the Pope to exercise his jurisdiction over the universal church um and police the bishops not to go to your you know state attorney general you know who's again doing a campaign commercial with all this stuff it, it's this yeah like, it, I, I don't know i i feel like i don't know what it was like in the world before you know liberalism like classical liberalism but like surely people before realized that neutrality is fake and that like the state it's not possible for people to come together and form like a neutral body like that just doesn't work yeah yeah and this touches back on what we were saying about with pope francis um this is i'm going to say we are stuck with him i don't mean that as an anti-francis thing i mean that as a fact of catholicism so if you are anti-francis you're stuck with him which leads me to what i wanted to say is this is because we we want pope francis to handle this and we want him to to take care of it because we want him to go down in history as a great pope and we want him to go down in history as a pope who did everything he could to spread catholicism and to make sure Catholicism was, you know, protected for the generations after his papacy, right? So, like, that's why, that's why we, it, you know, we should want him to step in and take control of these matters, not some guy, some guy or gal who's really looking towards their next election. Right, and you know, we should be praying for him. Um, you know, I even people I know that they have a strong dislike for him they Mm -hmm. still pray for him so i don't know that that's really a question but in the event that you're thinking oh i don't like him should i pray for him um if you don't like him then you should be praying for him double uh Mm -hmm. i i think that um i think that his background um from argentina and the sort of pragmatic approach to governing that that he's sort of raised in 
um, I think actually does make him well positioned to actually deal with this stuff um, because you know he's pragmatic right like he's not gonna he, he sees how bad this is and he's gonna mm-hmm. you know knock it out I mean again you have to think it, it is a pragmatic decision they didn't have Pope Francis slash Cardinal Pell didn't have to stand trial in Australia mm-hmm. right like that was purely voluntary at the end of the day for a cardinal who has dual citizenship to have to go back to Australia. Um, obviously, the Vatican doesn't extradite people by obligation. Like, no nation can require the Vatican to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was purely voluntary, but it, it shows, again, the church's insistence on justice in these matters that, you know, and obviously not guilty, at least in the these particular charges cardinal voluntarily went back to his homeland stood trial and is going to go to prison i mean and again as at any moment pope francis could snap his fingers and cardinal pell wouldn't be in prison um, sure that, that's just i mean that's just how international law works you guys but they're not going to do it and and the reason they're not going to do it is cause they're going to you know because the church is public witness to justice and so you know i i'm at the end of the day, I think that if you were to track down Cardinal Pell and talk with him, he'd say, you know, he's at peace with this and he's going to serve his sentence and he's going to pray the office and pray the rosary. I guess you have to use your fingers. I don't know if they give you chains and when you're in prison. <laughs> yeah. um, unless you're Jeffrey Epstein. Um, mm-hmm. But, hey. Hey. Um, no, but again, he's going to come out a holier man. He's going to be praying for you and for me and for everyone listening because that's what holy men do. And, you know, it, holy it, it does again, holy men, and it does again show the church's public witness to justice that that this has been allowed to play out how it has. Because again, guys, the Vatican is a sovereign entity. It doesn't. It, cardinals have citizenship in the Vatican. Um, the, the Vatican does not have to extradite anybody anywhere. So they could have just said, "Sorry, hands off. He's ours." Um, so you, you understanding that this is voluntary you know, I think is important and it, it shows you again, the church's commitment to justice. Um, Matt, I think you were saying you had something else to talk about with our, our Holy father, Pope Francis. Okay. So we were going, we were going to talk about an actual topic, but we just kind of blew we right were. through that. So this is good. It'll we'll give get us, to a, it. we'll get to it. It's a good topic. Yeah. Some future episode. Did you, did you see, this is a, this is what I wanted to pivot to, and we have not talked about this actually at all. Uh, did you see a few weeks ago? Actually, it would have been early July that Pope Francis gave the relics of St. Peter's bones to the Orthodox Patriarch. Yes. We never talked I about did. that. We, we did it, and, you know, I... My, you know, my very first published uh, writing was about the relics of St. Peter and how they brought me into the Catholic Church. And so... Right. Um, oh, that is true. It is, it is a, something I feel strongly about. St. Peter is my confirmation saint, and it, it was at his relics where I had my conversion experience and decided to come to the church. So, you know, this isn't something I take lightly. Okay, so there's a... For those of you who don't know, there's a reliquary containing... What are believe this is according to uh, an article on CNA by friend of the show and future guest Courtney Grogan. Courtney uh, Grogan, she's getting married soon. Pray for her. There's a reliquary containing what are what are believed to be bone fragments fragments of Saint Peter. Uh, the it was and so a, a, real quick. Relic- sorry to interrupt, but I've studied this extensively. Okay, it's yeah, you take when over. they say what are believed. Well, no, just this one little aside sorry keep going yeah, when they good. say are believed to be the relics of saint peter what they're saying is that they can't scientifically prove that these bones belong to the person from scripture by the name of simon peter what they can show is that um these bones are from the time period that he was said to live these bones belong to a male of the age that he was he was when he died and that you know all and his grave is, you know, it's from a grave marked with his name. Essentially saying all signs point to him, but you can't 
again, science can't prove history. So when they say believed to be like they they are anyway. Okay. So yeah, they were uh, placed in the. They were found after a dig in 1952 under St. Peter's Basilica and placed yep. in a reliquary. And this is in uh, Pope Francis's private chapel. Mm-hmm. So so basically, my, my friend Seth, he called me this week. Hi, Seth, if you're listening. I don't know if you are. And I had not heard of this hey, story. Seth. And he told me about this. And he said, okay, and I'm going to ask you, what were your first thoughts when you heard this story, Pope Francis giving a reliquary of Saint, one of the probably one of the most important reliquaries we have of something that is not directly linked to Christ or even Mary. Um, he just he gave it to the Orthodox. What was your first? What was your first thought? What do you think? Give me some feedback. Give me your initial thoughts. So, and this doesn't mean. I'm not playing coy or being dumb or any of this. Like, I I thought it was a pretty solid move, like, for the successor of Peter um, to go to a schismatic Orthodox bishop who is not in communion with the successor of Peter, as one must be, and to give him the relics of Peter, essentially saying, you know, I hope that you get your together. Yes. All right. There you go. So I, yeah. I honestly thought, like, okay, this is great. I, I actually thought it was a solid move you know yeah as no, much I, as i i didn't anticipate the controversy that followed mm-hmm. um i think it's no i i mean you it i i my first thought was i don't know if it was something i would do but you know if if man if man is having trouble pulling together the two lungs of the church what are referred to as you know the you know, the orthodox is referred to as what the the second lung that's not working or something not properly i don't know they have a name for it but like if man can't do it you need it's to call like the in appendix like it doesn't really do anything but you're still born with one i'm just kidding um. yeah well it uh if man if if living men can't do it the Man, the rock upon which the church was built is the one who needs to be called in to take control. And, and I, I feel like it's, you know, we, people can say that Pope Francis is bumbling and stumbling his way into things, but I, I honestly think if it's, if these, this reliquary is in your private chapel and you are there praying every day, that and you think about this and it's you know I, I think that it's a conclusion that pope francis absolutely could have come to i agree i mean objectively speaking pope francis is this bishop's superior and how he chooses to um try to rein in and and you know come across to his subordinates is his prerogative and I mean honestly I just think this was I mean relics are they have their just sort of amazing um, quality of of being the physical bodies of, of saints and knowing that we're composite beings made up of body and soul you know the the bodies that are decaying are they're, they're not forgotten we're, you know we're not um, we're not of this mind that, you know, our soul is like trapped in a body. I mean, a human properly speaking is body and soul, which is why at the end of time, our bodies will be reunited with our souls uh, in the general resurrection, which again comes back to why we do relics. But then, you know, for the last ever, and even in scripture, the relics of holy men and women are regularly a a vehicle by which God chooses to perform miracles. Um, And so, you know, if you're hoping for a miracle, like, for instance, bridging a thousand-year schism, um, I think you'd want to get relics involved. You know, and that's, again, like, I'm not trying to play dumb, and, you know, I'm not trying to window dress the Pope's actions and be an apologist. Like, I think that this makes sense. Like, the the Pope, the vicar of Christ, the successor of Peter, 
went to his wayward bishop, offered him relics, and said, you know, I, w- I want you back in the fold. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you, you never know. If, I mean, again, there doesn't seem to be from the 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 Orthodox side any, um, you know, desire for unity. Um, you know, I don't know if we're supposed to we're supposed to talk about that or not, but they don't <laughs> seem very interested in you know fulfilling our Lord's prayer that we be one. Um, but you know, we've been trying for a thousand years to to unite with them and. You know, it's worth a shot. Like, and well, yeah, and also like, you know, if we're we can't hoard the relics. I mean, we can, but it, if we have this and there's a shot, there's it's it's worth it. I mean, it's good that they're sitting in a reliquary in a private chapel that's being venerated. That's very good. But also, if there's a a good use and something that can come about for the greater glory of God and the it, the restoration of the full church at large yeah well and again I mean he's got more like I I don't I don't know how to (laughs) yeah I mean it's not like there's no longer any relics of St. Peter in the Vatican like there are still the ones underground and I'm assuming he still has reliquaries and there's some in the papal apartment where he doesn't even live I don't even know if he's ever been in there Mm -hmm. and so again it's not like there's it's not like there's no bones of Peter left in the Vatican. They're they're still you know mostly most of what we have of Peter is is still right there in Rome. Yeah, we have Rome. We have the Basilica. So, yeah, I didn't understand the outrage on that. Again, like this is I'm saying like the insistence on opposing Pope Francis causes brainworms, guys. Like. You've got to make peace with this man. Yeah. Because otherwise you're going to keep tripping over yourself and and violating your own principles. I mean, you know, I think that if, you know, if, I don't know, it'd be great to get Cardinal Burke on the phone and be like, what do you think? Yeah, just give him a call. Sure. It's funny because everyone tries to drag him into their controversies and he's so not part of it. You know, and, and everyone I know that knows him talks about how he, he he just isn't, you know, yeah, you can ask him pretty much any question and he'll give you his honest answer. And that gets him into trouble sometimes. But, you know, he finally had to just come out and say, like, Steve Bannon kept name dropping him. And he finally just had to be like, I don't know him. <laughs> and, um, so anyway, I, you know, call him. I'd like to call him up. I mean, what, what is your thought on, you know, the successor of Peter um, taking you know using the relics of peter as part of his dialogue with bishops who have have broken from communion with the successor of peter and you know my guess is as much as people try to make cardinal burke the you know the cardinal of breitbart he would say well you know guys this probably yeah this makes sense Mm -hmm. um and you know I, i would assume that the successor of peter has you know is the best person to decide what to do with Peter's relics, you know, absent like a genetic descendant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so, yes, so, I don't know who we can, I don't know who's going to like hate us. Cause let's see, we've talked about, what do we do? We did, we did like police brutality, mm-hmm. abortion. We did, we did anti-abortion. We're, we're we're woke on police brutality, not woke on abortion. Um, right. We we're are definitely, definitely not, not woke, woke on state involvement <laughs> in church clergy right. scandals. Right. And then we are not in line with the sort of trad intelligentsia about the relics of Peter being given to a bishop. And that and that is how you get the clicks. Yes, wrong about everything. The Roman Circus <laughs> podcast. That might be the title of this. And I said the S word. Yeah, libertarian. Yeah, we're we're going to slap an E on this episode, aren't we? I can always mute. I can always like censor it. Yeah, go back and just do like a beep. Okay. <laughs> I don't uh, want to make this an E. Yeah. All right. Do you have a saying of the week? I do. Thanks for asking. Oh, you do. 
Yeah. Saint Saint Philip Benesi. Philip Benesi, who we're always hearing about. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about him. Well, so Philip Benesi is, um, a, a, you know, of the church, a a saint, a, a man of God. He he lived um, a holy life. People rarely looked to him and said, "Philip Benesi, um, pray for me," and, mm-hmm. he, and he would. Um, and, and he died in the past, um, and and is a saint. Here we are. That's the saint of the week. Yeah. Born, born August fifteenth, twelve thirty three. Died August twenty second, twelve eighty five. He was beatified October eighth, sixteen forty five, by Pope Innocent the tenth. He is canonized April 12th, 1671 by Pope Clement X. His feast day is August 23rd, which is Friday. Uh, his, he's the patron of Zamboanga del Norte in the Philippines. And Those are the things they bring out to clean the ice rings, right? Those are Zambonis. Zambonis. He's yes. the patron of Zambonis. Zambonis. Uh, he has a, in the minor basilica in Monte Scenario in the Diocese of wow. Florence. See, how would you feel, Matt, if you were a saint, but you were only given a minor basilica? A minor basilica? As I'd, opposed to a major basilica. I, you know, I'd probably be in heaven uh, with the beatific vision and wouldn't care. True. You know, sometimes it'd be like that. Uh, let's do. see. Philip Benizi was born on the same day that the Blessed Virgin Mary appeared to the seven founders, who are the men oh. that founded the Servites. See, Zach, this is perfect because he joined the Servite order and was elected as general superior on June 5th, 1267. When he was elected, the order was in a crisis of his, its existence. The Second Council of Lyons or Lyons? What do you Leon. prefer? Okay, we'll go Leon. with Lyons. I know that's how it is. In 1274, forbid the founding of new religious orders and suppressed all institutions not yet approved by the Holy See. In, 1260, in 1276, Pope Innocent V sent a letter to Philip and declared the order suppressed. Philip went to Rome to talk to Pope Innocent, but Innocent died before he arrived. So seven oh. years later, Philip. Don't was you once... hate when that happens? I you're hate. like you're like heading to meet with somebody. You know, you've made all this effort to travel, and it's like, I'm sorry, they died. I'm sorry, they died. I, you're like, like, do I get a reimbursement? Yeah. Considering. Yeah, it's too late to cancel my flight. Uh, where was I? <laughs> Okay, so seven years later, 1283, Philip is once again contacted by the Pope. Pope Martin V asked Philip to go to Forley, which had been taken over by strong anti-papal sentiment, and Pope Martin V said, reconcile this city. When Philip arrived, he found one of his most vocal objectors in an 18-year-old named Peregrini Letiosi. Latiosi, um, <laughs> but Philip won him over, and Peregrini later joined the Servites and ended up being canonized by Pope Benedict the Thirteenth in seventeen twenty six. So he went to a city that had strong anti papal sentiment, and he made an actual saint out of it. So, amazing. That's his story. The Church of the Servites in Umbria contains the body of Saint Philip. There are also many churches. I take Umbria with that. You sure would. There are many churches in his name, including ones in Atlanta, Chicago, Fullerton, Oregon, Missouri, South Carolina, Texas, Arizona, Massachusetts, the Philippines, and England. So that is our Saints of the Week. Incredible. Incredible. All right. Any other words before we finish this thing up? Um, you know, I guess just uh, keep listening to Matt and I. Uh, if you disagree with us, 
fix that. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> this was fun. Talk to you guys soon. All right. Have a good day or good night. I don't know. Whatever. Just whatever it is, have, have a good, a good one. Have a good all of it. Talk to you next week. See ya. See ya.